So when you think of a hospital, what do you think of? Um, I think about being kind of lonely because even though your parents and your like family comes and visits you, it's just lonely not being able to be around your friends or your pets or your normal stuff at home. And you kind of feel out of place, but then at the same time, it becomes such a normal place to go to that you get really used to it. So, I mean, when I think about it, I think that I want to go back and visit, but it's not somewhere that I ever want to have to go to again. That was Mary, an amazing 15-year-old girl who a while back was diagnosed with a type of pediatric cancer called Ewing sarcoma. And she's talking about the hospitals that as future doctors we spend so much time in, but from her point of view. I guess being in the hospital is one big part of being a cancer patient. For most cancer patients, you're in the hospital for the majority of your treatment and everything. And for me, when I had to be in the hospital for five days straight, it was a hard thing to know that it was coming um, every few weeks, that I would be comfortable at home and fine and getting better, and then I'd have to go right back into the hospital and get this poison pumped into my veins again to maybe cure something that was trying to hurt me. So it wasn't a good... It wasn't a good frame of mindset to be in, but I think everybody's kind of in that mindset of they don't want to do chemo, even though they have to. Um, but yeah, and being in a hospital room for five days, it just kind of shows you just exactly how bored you can get with Netflix. <laughs> you get very, very bored very quickly. No matter how much you bring to entertain yourself, you will get very bored. So it's nice when there's child life people or um, social workers or nurses who come to visit you and try to make your time a little bit less uh, boring, basically. Um, but yeah, and the best is when you get out, though, because that means that you get to go home and recover and then do it all over again. <laughs> it's not a good experience. There are things you can do to make it better, like just bringing your favorite things or having your family or friends visit you. Um, but I don't know. I don't have good memories from the hospital other than the nurses talking to me and my family hanging out with me and everything. Do you feel like you had to grow up pretty quickly with yeah. all this? Yeah, I felt like I had to grow up a lot faster than most of my peers, and I still feel like that. I kind of feel detached from them because I feel like I've been through something so different from what they've been through. And I feel like everyone in my family had to kind of grow up, especially like my brother. I feel like he had to grow up being alone at the house a lot and visiting me in the hospital. So I think everybody, their life changed a lot. This episode, we talked to Mary about the diagnosis, the changes in her life, and the chemo. And when you're a medical student, chemo brings to mind a million buzzwords, from inhibiting mitotic spindle polymerization to intercalating it to DNA. But when you're 14 years old and one abnormal chest x-ray changes your life, it means something very different. In this episode, we're trying to close the gap between these two points of view by doing a little bit of Q&A with Mary. I'm Brian Elliott, and this is MedStead Memoirs. Before we get started with this episode, I just have two very quick plugs. The first is our book recommendation for this episode, which is The Emperor of All Maladies. It's basically a biography of cancer, and you can check it out by clicking the link in the description, or you can listen to it for free. Just click our link to Audible in the description and get a free 30-day trial with your first download free. 
And just like last episode, all of the commission that we make off this will go straight to fighting pediatric cancer. The second plug is for Mary. Um, she has a bright future in film and her own YouTube channel. You can check it out, just click the link in the description, and we'll also share it on social media. But there you can listen to her tell her own story. And now, back to the episode. So, do you want to start from the beginning? Like, where, so how did this all begin? Well, okay, so I started having pain um, in my left side of my rib cage um, a few years ago, and the pain continued for about a year and a half. I had an x-ray at the onset, on the onset, but they showed nothing, um, so they didn't really have anything they could do for it. And then about a year and a half after that, um, I was having even more pain, and I was having fevers and everything, so my mom took me to the pediatrician and made them get an x-ray for me, and they found six masses in my chest, um, and that's how they discovered my cancer. How old were you? I was 14. How did they tell you? Well, they, the doctor, the oncologists came into the room and they kind of talked to my parents. And then my parents were the ones to tell me that they thought that I had cancer because what they were saying was that they thought I had a Ewing's tumor and I didn't understand that. So my parents had to be the ones to explain it to me. Did you prefer that kind of indirect way of telling you? Yeah, I think I preferred that more because I think your parents, I think they want your parents to be the ones to tell you something like that since they're the ones closest to you. And how did you react? To the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cried a lot and I felt like I was in a movie and I felt like I was watching, I felt like I wasn't connected to my own body pretty much. Like I was watching myself sitting in the bed crying with my parents. Um, And I don't really remember much after that. I just remember going right into shock. Like I did not believe that it was happening. So, I mean, you're 14 years old. 15 now. And 15. Yeah. And, uh, and you get that kind of news. Like, what's what's the next step? Yeah, well, I got it when I was 14. But um, I think the next step was pretty much just to figure out exactly what it was. And then we did. And after that, I had to get better from the biopsy, which took a while because I had a chest tube. And that was very painful for me and very hard to recover from. So I went home and I was with my family and I was kind of just talking to my friends and telling them what had happened over social media, but I couldn't really see anybody. I kind of just had to ignore the fact that I was a teenager and start thinking about the fact that I was like going to be a sick kid. Yeah. And how did your friends react? Um, My friends were really supportive. They were really worried also. Um, Some of them asked more questions than others. I think most of them were afraid to ask questions but they told me that they were thinking about me and that they like were wishing the best for me Mm -hmm. and have they been since then they've been really supportive the whole way through some friends i haven't kept um it's just been too hard for them and i've made a lot of new friends too because of this um friends who also have cancer friends who also deal with medical uh things and it's been sad to lose some friends but also good to gain others did you meet them in the hospital or did you meet them outside? Or? I met one or two in the hospital. And then most of them I met through online stuff, through YouTube. Uh, they also make YouTube videos or they also talk about their illnesses online. So we met that way. Hmm. And while we're on the concept of, of YouTube, yeah. do you want to talk about how, how you're famous? And- <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I'm famous, but um, yeah. So I started my YouTube channel in December of... 2015 
and I started it with a video that I was just planning to post one video. I wasn't going to post anymore, and it was just one talking about my cancer story, and now it has almost 50,000 views, and a lot of people have really liked it, and after I posted that, people wanted me to post more, so I did, and I just haven't stopped, and now it's October of 2016, and I'm still posting videos. And you said people reach out to you? So what do they usually say? Um, people, A lot of people reach out to me and tell me that I've inspired them or that I've helped them in some way. A lot of people who have cancer in their families or people who have cancer themselves have told me that my story has helped given them hope. And my story of being a survivor has led them to believe that they can also be a survivor. So that's been really helpful towards me and also towards them. So speaking of that, have you ever been in any support groups or things like that? No, I haven't because there really aren't support groups for kids with cancer. And that the reason being is because when you feel good, the last thing you want to do is talk about your cancer. And when you don't feel good, you can't go anywhere. So it's hard for that. But there's really no online support groups either, which I don't think is good. I think that there should be online support groups. But yeah. Hmm. You could start one. <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. So you said you were, um, when you're feeling good, that's the last thing you want to talk about. But I mean, you're obviously, I guess you could say somewhat of an advocate. Do you like talking about it? I like talking about it, yeah. I guess what I mean by the last thing you want to do is talk about it is um, kind of go in depth and talk about it in um, like a therapy sort of session, like with other people who are going through it, just talking about it in a sad way. You don't want to do that when you're feeling good. But I like to talk about it in a good way when I'm feeling good, as in a hopeful way and like a way that people can take away something good from it not just like talking about my problems just talking about the things I've been able to do despite of and in spite or whatever the word is because of you know what I've gone through mm-hmm. back to like I guess the, the chronological story so you had the x-ray then you had the biopsy they told you the news and then what was the next step after that uh after they told me what the biopsy had brought. Um, I got a port in my chest during the same biopsy surgery and they had access that and I was starting to just get the pain medicine and the nausea medicine um, from the surgery because I had to recover from that and that took a while recovering from the biopsy. I went home about a week later and I was still recovering at home. It was really hard for me to move around. Um, It was hard for me to do much other than sit in bed So that was kind of the next step. And then after that, I started chemo. I think I started chemo a few weeks after I'd been diagnosed. It was pretty soon. And what was that like? Starting chemo was very scary. I was optimistic for it to be okay because they had told me that not everybody has side effects. But I obviously was going to have side effects as it quickly became apparent because I was throwing up right away and I was really tired and forgetting things and that's pretty much just what chemo makes you feel like it just makes you feel like you're not yourself and that's what I felt like for pretty much nine months that I went through chemo Mm -hmm. can you describe um what exactly the process is like because I think a lot of you know pre-meds know the word chemo but they don't fully understand what the process is like okay for pediatric cancer it's different for adult cancer but for pediatric cancer usually you're in a room um, you're in your own hospital room by yourself and your parents or your friends can visit you and you have um, 
a certain amount of days that you get your chemo. You have like a schedule. And for me, I had two-day rounds and five-day rounds. And on the two-day rounds, I would get three different drugs um, on each of the two days. And then on the five-day rounds, I would get two different drugs on each of the five days. And the nurse would always come in pretty early in the morning, which I did not like. And it was, yeah, but she would hang the bags of chemo. She would have to check my blood. She would have to check my vitals. She would have to check everything to make sure that I was ready. And then she would, you know, hook up the line and start infusing the chemo. And they'd come in and check on you for some of them. Some of them, they let you fall back asleep. Um, But the process is pretty slow and it's not something that is fun at all (laughs) (laughs) and you're done now yeah i'm I'm finished with treatment okay so how much how much treatment did you do how many rounds i did 14 rounds of chemotherapy i had one surgery to remove my tumors and then three other surgeries for other things and um two weeks of radiation and what were the surgeries like The surgeries were really, really scary and very difficult on my body and on me mentally. Um, My big surgery, I don't remember much from it because of the pain medicine and everything that I had to be on, but that one, I'm still recovering from that and I still have pain from that. So it was very, and that was in January, so it was very major. Um, The other surgeries were really scary to go into because you're kind of going into something you know nothing about since I had never had surgery apart from, well, no, I'd never had surgery before I got cancer. Um, And each surgery is a little bit different, so you never really know what you're going to go into. But yeah, it was scary going in, and when it came out, it was very painful. So I didn't like surgery that much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what were your doctors like throughout all this? My doctors were really supportive of me, and they were really kind. And it's nice when the doctors aren't afraid to get to know you and to be involved personally. And that just kind of means they're not afraid to talk to you about how you're feeling rather than just the medicine. Like they make you feel like you have like a friend and everything and they're with, they want you to succeed in everything. Mm-hmm. Like a partner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> Did you have any bad experiences with them? Or? Yeah, I had some bad experiences with doctors. Pretty much just like I won't mention specifics, but doctors who didn't weren't kind and they weren't understanding of my situation and they kind of were only interested in the medical side of things they weren't interested in what I felt or how I was doing um and there have just been doctors who have made wrong choices and have just given me wrong medicines or um, not given me medicine when I needed it but it usually was all resolved so now I mean you finish your chemo so now what? Are you going back to school? or? I'm in school part-time. I go in for a class every day, and then I stay after school for clubs. Um, and then I do the rest online. Okay. So what grade are you in now? I'm supposed to be in 10th grade, but I'm taking mostly 9th grade classes, so I'm not really ever sure how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what, uh, what kind of extracurriculars? The clubs? The club I'm in right now is Film Club, and I'm going to be joining a film class in the spring and I really really love film club I've met like some awesome people and some new friends that I have are in that and it's been a lot of fun um, and then the other club that I'm going to join is key club and it's a volunteering organization that has done a lot for me last year I guess the the movie club makes sense the film club makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> um 
do you think about it a lot now now that you're you know that you you're trying to give back to school and get everything i guess back to normal yeah do i think about the treatment and everything yeah everything you've been through oh yeah i think about it every day i mean i think about what i went through all the time especially when it still affects me today like when i can't remember things or when i still have nausea problems or when i still have to uh rest after i do anything really um so yeah it affects me and it probably will never stop affecting me but yeah so is that stuff have your doctors talked to you about it? is that stuff going to be long term or is that going to get better or? it gets better over time but i think the way that it affects you mentally and like the things that you remember from it like you're, you're never going to forget that yeah yeah has has the relationship with your parents changed at all <laughs> throughout all this yeah it has um it's gotten a lot stronger honestly i feel like we understand each other a lot better and we're a lot closer as a family and we're just like a stronger we have a stronger bond mm-hmm. the unit yeah <laughs> <laughs> with your friends has that i mean you talked a little bit about gaining some new ones losing some old ones have the relationships changed with them yeah the ones that i've have that i've stayed with me i've gotten a lot closer to um and the new ones that i've made i've just gotten so close to them in such a short amount of time because we can relate to what we've been through and you can't relate i can't relate this to most of my friends but i think the best is when my friends recognize that they can't understand and they just try to help me however they can they don't try to understand or they don't try to act like they know what i'm going through so when you were going through the treatment and everything like that what was your day-to-day like um when i was at home uh it pretty much i just had to wake up and i sat in bed pretty much all of the day because i couldn't really get out get outside or move around without being in pain or getting tired so yeah that's what i would do especially when i had just finished chemo i would sit in bed and just watch netflix all day um and then i would go downstairs and hang out with my family sometimes and then on the days when I was feeling good, I would like run errands with my parents, just like short errands and stuff to get out of the house. And sometimes my friends would come over and I would make YouTube videos too when I was feeling good. Mm-hmm. And what'd you miss like when you were, when you went through the treatments? I missed being able to do whatever I wanted physically. Like I used to just be able to go outside and take a walk or like play capture the flag with like neighborhood kids or, um, I don't know, just focus on, like, reading a book, and I couldn't really focus when I was on chemo, so it was really hard, and I missed just being able to do normal things, Mm -hmm. and I saw so many other people posting and talking about going to school and going to parties, and, um, like, they were complaining about getting bad grades or boyfriends and stuff, and I was just like, I mean, they're so lucky to be able to complain about those things. Let's talk a little bit about why you wanted to start the YouTube channel. Okay. Um, My main reason for first posting that video was to let people know what had happened without me having to explain it a hundred times because I was getting so many questions and messages and I just wanted everybody to be able to look at one video and know what had happened. And I had always kind of wanted to post YouTube videos because I had admired people who posted YouTube videos for a long time. And after I posted that one and I got so many good responses, I was like, maybe I should just keep posting more because people want me to, and I like it, so maybe I should. And I just kept going, and I'm still doing it. Mm -hmm. What's your plan for it in the future? My plan? I'm not sure. I want to keep doing YouTube, 
as long as I can, but I really want to get in more into film um, professionally when I get older, um, and I'm maybe looking at colleges for film, um, things like that. So I think YouTube is like practice for me, and it's a good way to share my uh, work with the other people and to get work shared with me and to see other people's things. So I think it's a good way to communicate with people, and I want to continue it as long as I can. And what kind of film job do you want? I'm not sure yet. I really like the idea of filming and editing, um, but I also like screenwriting a lot. So I like it all. So I got to kind of choose which one, but I'm just trying to learn about all of it right now. And I guess I'll find out whichever one I like the best. Okay. Do you feel in control? No, because I know that I could relapse pretty much at any time. So I feel like, honestly, I feel like the cancer is in control of my health, but I'm in control of like my life. So I'm in control of what I choose to do. But besides that, I feel like cancer is in control of what's going to happen and everything. And how often do you think about relapse? A lot. Like whenever I have pain, I think about it. Or whenever I'm doing something fun, I think about it because I think that it might be over soon. Um, If I relapse, then I'll just have to go right back to chemo. So it's something that everybody thinks about a lot. Are you still in contact with a lot of people online? Yeah, I'm in contact with most of them. Actually, pretty much all of them, um, even more than I was before I got sick. And we talk every day, and uh, I follow them like on all their social medias and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really nice. It's a nice community. Yeah. And do you talk about that, the thought of relapse with them? Yeah, with my cancer uh, friends and with my friends who are sick, I talk about it with them. Have you had um have you had many doctors or like one specifically? No, I've had so many doctors. I can't even remember how many, but there are three oncologists at my home hospital and then there are a few at my at um Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Um yeah, and I've had them and then I've had surgeons and I've had pediatric doctors who've come in when I was in the hospital for infection because of chemo. Um I've had a lot of doctors. Do you like that or would you prefer if you had I like I like having multiple doctors. It's multiple opinions. And um, I think that with all of their heads like together, they can get the best plan of treatment for me. I wouldn't I don't think I would want just one doctor choosing every treatment for me. Mm -hmm. But have you developed any relationships with them? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've gotten really close to my doctors and um, some of them like I hug them when I see them. And um, we're really happy when we get to see each other. Uh, just for a checkup because it means that, you know, they're just making sure that I'm okay and then usually I am okay. So it's usually like a happy time. So you're kind of speaking to a bunch of future doctors right now. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? I guess I would say that you have to recognize that even though you see so much of your patients, you don't see everything and you kind of have to learn um, to empath- empathize with them and uh, try to try to understand what they're going through, but realize that you'll never really understand the full extent to it and just try to form a good relationship with them because they need that and they need a good relationship with their doctors. That's it for this episode. Be sure to check out our website, medsedmemoirs.com, and check out Mary's channel for more.